Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Priority Status by JPR. As you know, my name is Monica Powers. I'm the Senior Director of Consumer here in our San Diego headquarters. I am thrilled to introduce you all to someone who I've had the opportunity to work with for quite a bit of time and someone who has become such a trusted resource when it comes to the world of spirits and craft beer. He's also a freelance writer for publications like Esquire, Maxim, Stylecaster, Gear Patrol, and many, many more. My good friend, Bo. Bo, welcome to the show. All right. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Thanks for joining us. I figured we could tap you, get your two cents on trends when it comes to, you know, what we can look forward to in 2024. And I mean, I can't even believe it, but we're about to close out 2023, usher in the new year. And our listeners are keen to hear what's up and coming from spirits and craft beer. But before we dive into all of that great stuff, well, listeners want to hear a little bit about your background, your experience in the in the industry, and then we can dive into the fun stuff. Absolutely. So I've been freelance writing uh, in total for about seven years. And really, I got into the spirits and the craft beer world um, through sort of the lifestyle side. I moved to Brooklyn about nine years ago and had been running a style blog and working in fashion PR and uh, really getting into the New York fashion world and the world of Brooklyn culture and music and craft beer and whiskey. So I was really writing about what I was wearing for sites like Gear Moose and the manual back in the day. And then that kind of led to uh, writing about what I was sipping on in terms of whiskey and craft beer. And um, I really brought a lot of my um, roots from my home state of Michigan with me. Um, I grew up being involved in kind of the rugged workwear side of style. And then when uh, I was in college, I learned about all these fantastic breweries and um, brought that knowledge and passion with me to Brooklyn and discovered that world here in New York, started writing about it. And one thing led to another and went full-time freelance about three years ago and then fully immersed myself even more in the uh, world of writing about spirits and craft beer. And it's an industry where you can learn by doing and tasting and going to breweries and going to distilleries. And so um, that makes it really fun as well. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad industry to wet your whistle. (laughs) Not bad at all. And it makes sense, you know, having your background in men's style and lifestyle, you go to a ton of events. And at most of these events, they have the newest, greatest innovations in, in craft beer and spirits. So to me, naturally makes sense to kind of make that transition. And you've definitely settled in. I mean, the pieces you've turned out as of late have been so informative and fun to read. And I know your followers are always excited to see what's next from you. Speaking of, you know, as we get ready to jump into 2024 trends, we can't ignore, you know, the standout trends that we saw this year. From your perspective, what were some of the the highlights of the past months when it comes to craft beer and spirits? Right. So in terms of uh, craft beer, uh, I think anecdotally, um, there's always going to kind of be an IPA craze in the industry. But I think consumers are you know looking for something a little bit 
more light, a little bit more crisp, uh, maybe craft lagers and pilsners. At least that's what I'm seeing from some breweries here in Brooklyn. So IPAs are always going to be there. And you'll always have your traditional standouts from breweries like Sierra Nevada. They will continue to be consistent. And here as well in my neck of the woods, Brooklyn Lager. So you've got flagship beers that are consistent, a continuing IPA boom, but then consumers looking to lighten things up a little bit, possibly. But again, IPAs are always going to be there. And in the spirits world, uh, one thing that we've seen this year and I think we'll continue to see is just the growth of tequila. There was $11 billion in uh, retail sales of tequila in 2022. And uh, that was part of an 11.5% growth over 2021 in just tequila in general in terms of consumer sales. So that is not going to slow down anytime soon. Uh, but then along with that, we are seeing a ton of celebrity investment into tequila, whether it's Kendall Jenner's 818 tequila or uh, Matthew McConaughey just launched Pantalone's organic tequila. And I think celebrities are going to continue to be involved in that market. And certainly among the most famous of them would be uh, George Clooney's Casamigos. Um, that's a name we all know and have seen everywhere. But consumers are buying that and that's part of their entry into it. And I think then they're going for more premium tequilas without a celebrity backing. But I think there's going to be a lot of that carryover into next year. Yeah, love it. And I mean, I don't know if it was in the last 12 months or maybe longer, but how tequila officially surpassed vodka in consumption here in the state. So I agree with you. Tequila is going to continue on the up and up. And, you know, speaking to the the celebrity tequila point, I honestly feel like I read about a new celebrity launched tequila brand every single day. When it comes to, you know, a few of our listeners are consumers and they're making purchase, mindful purchases. When it comes to celebrity backed products, are there any red flags when it comes to quality? I mean, a lot of these brands have significant marketing budgets. They obviously have the face and the name of the celebrity that's backing them. Like, What have you come to find in terms of quality when consumers look to buy you know, these celebrity backed products? Right. Uh, I would say sometimes it is a mixed bag. I've tried celebrity tequilas that I didn't think I was going to enjoy and uh, they were better than I thought. I've tried you know, other celebrity spirits that should have been better than they were. I would say, as with any consumer, a lot of it is in the fine print. And uh, unfortunately, you know, sometimes you, you can't really tell until you have bought the bottle and, and you can't return it and you've popped it open. But, you know, be conscientious of what brands say they're putting into their tequila or what they say they're not. There are some loopholes in terms of um, some brands are using additives and um, some brands are using language to get around a, a certain phrase. It's all in the fine print. And again, the, the marketing budget is a big aspect of it. But a good example for me, and maybe I'll take some flack for this, but I've enjoyed 818 Tequila from Kendall Jenner, for example, and then other spirits writers I talked to have not enjoyed it. But I think the name brands and the big brands with the celebrity backing are hopefully, naturally, 
able to uh, stand on solid ground. Uh, Dos Hombres is a great example of a Mezcal brand. That's Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston. I think they're doing a lot right. And that's one that I could confidently recommend. And I'm also a fan of Casamigos. But Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston, for example, really involved with that company and with the creation of that liquid. So if I had to give one recommendation, that is what I would give. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think consumers always wonder, you know, how hands-on are these celebrities when they do bring a market, you know, a product to the market. So tequila, check, definitely going to be something that continues to rise. What other spirit do you see being in the spotlight for 24? Right. So I think uh, rye whiskey, anecdotally, and then also in terms of sales data, is climbing. We've seen, um, for example, a new rye whiskey release from Jack Daniels in recent months. And that's not as consistent of a churn in terms of celebrity tequila brands. You know, not every whiskey distillery is releasing a rye whiskey, but it had 6.6% market share on the online spirits retailer Grizzly in 2020. And then that growth continued a little bit in 2021. So I see that continuing to climb. Um, And of course, um, a brand like Bullet Rye, you'll find in just about every bar and bar cart in the country. So that's a, a good indicator. And again, sounds like a small market share and it is, but that's a, a discerning option that I think folks can add to their bar cart once they've dipped their toes in a more traditional uh, street bourbon. Right. I know, you know, Kentucky is home of bourbon and whiskey. Outside of Kentucky, are there any up and coming kind of destinations when it comes to whiskey? I would say Colorado for sure. Um, there are companies like Stranahan's. They have a lot of exclusive releases. They have seasonal releases that they only put out at the distillery. And then also uh, out west in Park City, you've got High West. So more on the West Coast in general, and especially Colorado. Uh, another company that comes to mind there is Tin Cup. So I think nothing goes better than a great out with the great outdoors than a nice dram of whiskey. So those are a couple that come to mind. But definitely uh, go west if you want to expand your palate. Yeah, love it. I just got back from Kentucky. So of course I got my hands dirty with the spirits industry out there. But I love to hear, of course, being in San Diego, that that libation is heading west. To wrap things up, any we've got rye whiskey, we've got celebrity back tequila and just the growth of the tequila category in general. Any other trends kind of piquing your interest? One thing that is not quite as accessible, but it is out there, super aged or ultra aged whiskey. So um, whether it's a 50 year scotch, even a 40 year scotch, those are out there on the market. They are very exclusive. They're very expensive. And even some bourbons are, you know, pushing the limits, whether it's above 12 years, above 15 years. So lower range there in terms of how long you can age a bourbon, but ultra-aged scotch is definitely picking up steam. And if you've got the uh, cash, then uh, that's great. Not a lot of people do, but it is fun to read about and write about. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, those super-aged rare releases are great gift items. No doubt. Yes. (laughs) 
Well, Bo, I want to ask one question I know our listeners will definitely be interested to hear is what is your go-to drink? Oh, gosh, uh, probably an old-fashioned or uh, probably day-to-day. I just enjoy uh, your classic Maker's Mark, although they do have a great seller-aged release that just came out that's a little more exclusive. But then I've just got your flagship Maker's Mark, and that's uh, usually what I'm having just on a nice cube or uh, perhaps even neat if it's especially cold. I love it. Now I need a drink. (laughs) Lastly, just to sign things off, how can our listeners find you on social media? How can they follow along in your imbibing journey? Yes. So I am on Instagram and Twitter at my name, uh, B-E-A-U-H-A-Y-H-O-E, Bo Hayho, both on Instagram and Twitter. I also have a blog that's linked in my Instagram bio. And then I'm writing five days a week at sites like maxim.com. So those are all uh, available avenues. Well, Bo, thank you so much. I can't wait to have a celebratory drink with you, hopefully soon. Um, Thanks so much for your time. Absolutely. Yes. Here's to that. And thank you for having me. Really appreciate it.